You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, 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 heliocentric helms people in helmets, hellbent on helping hellcats and hellhounds. This is Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. Today's show is episode 235. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your fearless, foursome, finally finagling factoids for fall. I am Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. Welcome to a new season, everybody. It's fall and... We, the world, have experienced uh, quite the summer. It was indeed the summer of finding rare colored lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> Last season, I had a segment about how the restaurant chain Red Lobster kept on finding rare blue colored lobsters in their live lobster shipments. Blue lobsters uh, happened one in two million. Um, a lot of you listeners actually went to went to visit the now trivia famous Red Lobster in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, uh, where they found the Blue Lobster. <laughs> Some of you actually went to go visit the Blue Lobster at the the Akron Zoo. Uh, wow. Well, guess what? This past yeah. summer, we saw two separate Red Lobsters find something even more rare. Oh, and, geez. Oh, the orange lobster. <gasps> orange, bright oh orange gosh. lobsters. You know, live lobsters, they're like brown. They're like muddy colored. Yeah, right, right, right. That's incredible. This year, orange lobster summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's one in 30 million. So wow. blue is one in wow. 2 million. This is oh, one in oh 30 million. God. Do you guys know what senescence is? senescence i've heard that word before uh lobsters do not show typical signs of senescence which is biological aging Mm. okay Okay. yeah yeah yeah. for humans (laughs) we know uh we stop growing when we reach adulthood then we kind of just deteriorate (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's all downhill (laughs) so unlike people as they age lobsters they don't weaken Ah. they continue to grow they can regenerate limbs are they immortal? What's not happening? at Red Lobster, they're not. They did find a way to kind of approximate age. <laughs> they measure, you know, like the eye stalks of the yeah. lobster. Sure. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. sure. There's like fat deposit. They think the older a lobster it is, the more fat fat deposits there are behind the eyes. Uh, yeah, on the okay. eye oh, same. same. <laughs> yeah. Lobster pie bags. <laughs> so you could be eating. So you could be eating lobster, and you can be eating like something that's like older than you. yes. Yeah, you could be eating something that's older than your grandfather. The age of the earth. You could be dipping it, dipping it in delicious melted butter. <laughs> and you could just feel its wisdom coming into your body when you eat it. Wow. Yeah. What's the oldest lobster? Do they know? Some they found that are like seventy years Whoa. old. Wow. Is that wild? That's wild. That's wild. In non-lobster world, we have other news. Uh, I'm going to kick it to you, Dana. Yes. So my news is that this is my last Good Job Brain episode. (gasps) It's not. (sighs) I know. I know. This is not a surprise. We've talked about this before. We didn't really just find out just now. Yeah. I decided it was time to kind of branch out into new things. You know, we stopped doing our pub trivia and... Trivia just started sinking out of my list of hobbies, and I filled it up with other hobbies, including woodworking and learning Korean and learning how to fold <laughs> socks into interesting <laughs> geometric shapes. What? And, yeah. Oh, man. I'm into it now. I like doing laundry because I like clothes origami. I got really into acquiring skills, and I stopped working on acquiring random bits of knowledge and so even though i'll miss you guys a lot and i've really loved working on this show miss the fans i'll miss our weekly check-ins of weird information just felt like it was time to to stop yeah Uh, it's like it's like a band you know like you're sometimes it's like bts but you but you know you're you're always welcome in the family it's uh yeah it's just it's just you gotta go your own direction right now yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i still love you guys very much and i'll i'll listen to the show it will be really interesting to listen to the show not working on the show anymore yeah i bet bet. bet i'll enjoy it more i'll be less like you idiot you said the wrong (laughs) 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 way i am right now 
about hearing myself. For the final time with Dana, let's jump into our general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hotshot. Get out your barnyard buzzers. And here I have a random Trivial Pursuit card from the box. And let's answer some questions. All right. All right. Here we go. Blue Wedge for geography. The word vodka is derived from the Russian word voda or vada, voda, which means what? Ooh, that was a rooster. Chris. Water. Correct. It is water. water. Pink Wedge. To add a sense of awe-inspiring scale, Ridley Scott's two sons, Luke and Jake, were used in an atmospheric scene in which breakout 1979 hit? Colin. 100%. Gotta be alien. Correct. I have yeah. no idea what this question... So what were his two sons doing? Are I'm they gonna like... guess. Guess. Uh, it's gotta be some scene with like the xenomorph, with the alien in there maybe. Or like maybe they he cast them be like adults or... I don't know. Oh. I'm just... Oh, they're kids. Because they're small. And the yes. set is big. Yes, and gotcha. the set is the big. Mm. Alien, big and scary. Okay, Yellow Wedge. Who spearheaded a lawsuit against Pacific Gas and Electric that resulted in a $333 million settlement for residents of Hinkley, California? Colin? Was that the real-life Aaron Brockovich? Yes, it is. Uh, Aaron Brockovich. I'm like, how are we supposed to know that? Uh. (laughs) Because it was a movie starring Julia Roberts. All right, next question, Purple Wedge. Which character in the Melville novel Moby Dick is the basis for the name of a successful coffee franchise? Oh. (laughs) Chris. Starbuck. 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 Is is this Starbuck coffee or Starbucks coffee? Starbucks. Yeah. But it's not like Starbuck apostrophe S. It's multiple Starbucks. Oh, multiple. Mm, Okay. Do you know what? Sorry. A bit of an aside. I I was for some reason I was reading the Wikipedia entry for Ding Dongs, you know, the snack cake, Ding Dongs. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That that was the one you were reading? Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, So in in Canada, they're not called ding dongs. They're called <laughs> king dongs. <laughs> Whoa! It's like someone's like, you know, we can't name them ding dongs because it right. sounds. We have to name them something a little less suggestive. <laughs> yes. So everyone okay with king dongs? Then? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. They got just got a whiteboard and it's like <laughs> Big Johnson. So. Big circle around king dongs. All right. <laughs> Anyways, wow! Okay. <laughs> All right, I that I I did not know that. I I love I do I do love I really honestly hundred percent I love regional variants and snack food names. It does. It yeah. always tickles me for for exactly this reason. <laughs> it's like because you know it's like somebody was like that's not gonna fly in this country. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not that we're not that far from Canada. I'm shocked we're learning it today. <laughs> like the new- <laughs> uh, King Dogs. Oh, okay, moving on. Uh, Green Wedge. Which holiday plant from the viscosy hmm. from the viscosy family grows in trees by attaching itself to branches? Dana, mistletoe. It is mistletoe. Mm. It's a parasite. Interesting, uh, huh? Parasitic evergreen, huh? Ah. So when you're, oh, I guess you're not kissing the mistletoe. You're supposed to kiss a person. Under you're not supposed to. Do not kiss the mistletoe. I've been doing it all wrong. No, please do <laughs> yeah. not. Right, it's poisonous, right? Right, or, right, or exactly. Irritant, that's why. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. why Colin goes to the ER every. Uh, every <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last question, Orange Wedge. What is the highest ranking in the Boy Scouts? Oh. Uh, Dana, Eagle Scout. Eagle, fly like oh, okay. eagle. All right, yeah. You have you known Eagle Scouts? Yes. It comes up. They bring it up in conversation. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. How do you know if you know an Eagle Scout? Oh, they'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, we mean that in a nice way. I bet there are yeah, a lot yeah, of Eagle yeah, Scouts. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, now we have to carefully wrap up Dana's buzzer and place it in the Good Job Brain Hall of Fame display case until uh, it maybe needed to be retrieved. We can build a little, like, cute cow pen, 
right? Because her buzzer's the cow, like a little barn. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And the farmyard. Right. All the farmyard buzzers pasture. one by one go in the <laughs> farm. <laughs> this is the second gen. These are like the 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 kids. We had the our original four buzzers. Some of them sa- started sounding real bad towards the end. Yeah, yeah. they're showing senescence. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So today's episode is episode 235, and every fifth episode on Good Job Brain, we usually don't have a topic uh, or a theme. Instead, all of us have written a quiz on random topics so that we can uh, surprise each other, stump each other, and also stump you guys, listeners. So today is our all-quiz number 47. Okay, well, in honor of this being Dana's last episode, uh, I have put together a quiz called It's Kinda Sweet. Aww. Now, as we Aww. we all we all um, maybe you know, if you're a big Good Job Brain fan and you follow Dana on Twitter, that's her Twitter handle, It's Kinda Sweet. And also that's the name of Dana, your your ongoing projects, right? Uh, is still mm-hmm. under the, the Kinda Sweet Studios banner, right? People can find you if they want on uh, Instagram. Yeah. Been thinking about Dana and things that she's done for us on the show, things that she's done to us on the show. And, uh, very, uh, making us um, potentially eat some weird candies that she found to say quiz about some weird candies and weird candy facts and candy nice. that maybe it's kind of sweet but kind of not as sweet and so let's let's have a blast with some candy trivia okay this is a right. I'm going to make this a this is going to be a right down quiz okay. Okay. he says as he gets out his notebook I don't need to write down anything oh I guess I need to write down the scores okay yes okay here we go Question number one. In 2017, Hershey released a barbecue flavor version of what peanut and caramel candy bar? Peanut and... Oh. Ew. Barbecue flavor. Huh. (laughs) Barbecue flavor. I wonder if that was good. I don't know. I wonder that also. Um, I think that we cannot try it anymore because it was only a twenty. It's not good. It's absolutely um, it You know, it may not have been good. Locked in. Answers are coming up. Karen and Dana have written payday. Colin has written butterfinger. Oh. It is payday. Yes. It is payday. Ah. Yes, payday famously made of just like caramel with like, or, you know, the, the inside. Stuck together. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Casey, anybody wants an update on the standings? Dana and Karen have one point. <laughs> Colin has zero points. As we move into question number two. Question number two. What popular candy was created accidentally when waves from the ocean flooded a small boardwalk shop in Atlantic City in the early 1880s? I heard this was a, this is a rumor. What popular candy, according to a fake rumor that Karen <laughs> was created accidentally when waves from the ocean flooded a small boardwalk shop in Atlantic City in the early 1880s? Um, Karen says taffy, parentheses, saltwater. Colin and Dana both say saltwater taffy. I will give you all the point. It is saltwater taffy. Now, the um, what Karen is saying here is that, yes, the, the poor guy's shop got flooded and as he was cleaning up, a girl came in and said, do you have any, do you have any candy? And amongst the wreckage of his store, he's like, well, I've got some saltwater taffy because the taffy was currently sitting in a bucket of saltwater. And the girl was like, cool, I like candy. I don't care. And uh, he gave it to her and she ate it. And then it became a marketing thing where they started calling it the saltwater taffy. Hey, you um, want some candy from my dirty mop bucket? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, filled with uh, yeah. fish poop. Yeah, lots of debris yeah. from the shop. It is made with salt and it is made with water. So technically it is true. But people have a sense. But the thing is, it's typically sold at beach towns and people think that they go out and they, they take the salt water from the ocean and like that's how they make it. No, they do not make it that way. You should not try to make it that way. Uh, <laughs> They're happy to let you think they make it that way. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, question number three. If I went to Japan and I bought a Kit Kat and that Kit Kat had on the front of the package, a photograph of a plant rhizome sitting on a piece of shark skin. What flavor of candy am I allowed to eat? Ooh. <laughs> oh. I'll say this again. If I were to go to Japan and buy a Kit Kat with a photo of a plant rhizome sitting on top of a piece of shark skin, what flavor of candy am I about to eat? Oh, man. 
Hmm. Okay. Hmm. All right. Oh, uh, that's what it Dina, is. Dina says green tea, no. whereas Colin and Karen both say wasabi. It is Colin and Karen who have the right of it. Yes. So wasabi uh, is a plant rhizome, the sort of the part of the root system of that plant, right? And uh, it traditionally, and this is shown on the package of the wasabi Kit Kats, uh, it is grated using a piece of shark skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. shark skin is famously made up of tiny, tiny little teeth, yeah. fine like sandpaper. Yes, exactly. So uh, instead of using, traditionally, instead of using sandpaper, they use shark skin. Oh, we okay, have to so remind do... everybody that Karen wrote a book about shark trivia. What's that? What's that called? Jossum Shark Quizzes. Yeah. <laughs> Available. I now. love. I love that you can't even get through your own pun. Of the <laughs> na- yeah, that's really the, it's the ultimate sign of a good pun. <laughs> Moving on, question number five. What flavor are circus peanuts? Oh my god! They have a flavor. No, I mean, so I mean, the, I mean the standard regular circus peanuts. Of course, they have like circus peanuts in like many different flavors. But if you just buy a bag and it's just like circus what? peanuts, like the standard ones. What flavor are they? The and yes, they they specifically have a specific flavor. All right, um, Dana says orange. Colin trying to be more specific says orange cream karen says honey i have i have stumped everybody okay, yes. now you're going to learn this yes circus peanuts are colored sort of a weird dull pastel orange they do look a little cream sickly although they really look a little bit sickly um <laughs> the um the actual flavor of a circus peanut is banana what yes. i think you yep. meant yep. Yep. clown yep. vomit is the flavor <laughs> yeah we'll get to that we'll get to that that's question nine okay Okay. don't don't jump ahead too too quickly wow yeah question number six this is gonna be this is this this is the essay question okay (laughs) how do you eat sour flush candy close now i'm gonna say write down sour i want you to imagine a candy called sour flush candy and I want you to write down how you think you eat it. Okay. Now, closest closest two is going to get the point here. So at least somebody is going to get the point in my judgment. Unless somebody knows exactly how you eat sour flush candy. S-O-U-R, sour flush. S-O-U-R, sour flush. F-L-U-S-H, candy. Okay. All right. I Whether I'm wrong or right. I, I'm happy with my guess here, Chris. Okay. Yeah, same. All right. Karen says, toy toilet. She's written down toy toilet. Colin says, stick a toy plunger into a toilet con- containing sour bits or powder. Oh. Um, and Dana says, slurp candy slime from a little plastic toilet. <laughs> these are all, so these are all excellent guesses, but I'm going to tell you, ex- this is how you eat. Uh, sour flush candy. Yes, sour flush candy is a toilet uh-huh. um, with a with a candy plunger, which you lick the candy plunger, open the plastic toilet lid, stick the plunger inside of the candy toilet, oh. which contains powder, swirl the plunger around in the contents of the toilet, remove <laughs> it, and then eat it again. Yes. So wow. Colin, Colin absolutely does get the point on this. I mean, now, Colin, did you know <laughs> this or did you simply infer this? I was just trying to mash together everything I knew about like 80s candy. And I was like, remember like fun dip? Yeah, and yeah, I figured yeah. it was totally. like a gross take on fun dip. That was kind of where my mind went. That yeah. is precisely what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, fun. I mean, fun dip fundamentally already gross. This just takes it to the finish line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Question number seven. We, my family and I, recently visited Pismo Beach, California, and we visited the flagship store of a company called Hot Licks. This company says on its website that they want to, quote, bring fun to entomophagy. What sort (laughs) of candy would you thus expect to buy there? (laughs) I'll say this again. We, We recently visited Pismo Beach, California, the flagship store of a company called Hot Licks, H O T L I X. This is a company that says they want to, quote, Bring fun to entomophagy. That's E-N-T-O-M-O-P-H-A-G-Y. What sort of candy would you thus expect to purchase at Hot Licks? I've seen so many of these 
at like <laughs> yeah gas stations. These yeah, guys are the gas stations. These guys are the originators. Road trip gas stations. Yep. Oh yeah. So Dana says spicy candy, whereas Colin and and Karen yeah. say insect candy. Yes, you can buy the uh, the classic uh, cricket licket. Um, <laughs> or the, um, the, the, the tequila worm, uh, lollipops. It's a scorpion. I don't know. Yeah. I scorpion. Think, yeah. Scorpion. I feel, I, I feel like the, the scorpion lollipop really stands out in my I memory. I should have written it down when you spelled entomophagy because I would have gotten it if I had looked at the word because entomology sure. is bugs, but yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. It's a lollipop, right? Lollipop, the, the format of ingesting a lollipop is usually by licking. Yeah. But once you get to the bug, you can't. <laughs> are you supposed to like crunch it i think the idea yeah 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 well i think the idea here is you're like building up you know to the bug right like you're not i mean the first lick of it you're just eating candy yeah and then you're just eating candy for a while and then it's sort of making the decision like do i am i gonna am i gonna eat this bug or am i just gonna get <laughs> what if i get to the point where there's just like the, a little bit of the bug is 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 showing you know is exposed do i do i lick the bug then do i cross the rubicon you know <laughs> The special Thanksgiving dinner themed candy corn made by the Brock's company has six different flavors inside. Oh. Try to name as many as you can. You can write down a total of six items. Okay. Say this again as they're writing the special Thanksgiving dinner themed candy corn made by the Brock's company has six different flavors inside the, the big bag of stuff. Man. Try to name as many as you can. You can write down six items. I would say, as a hint for everybody, try to try to think of um, the entirety of a of a sit down meal. Oh, <laughs> Pepto Bismol flavor. Six, you say? Yeah, Pepto Bismol. Write down six. Right. I'm not expecting. It. Yeah, exactly. I'm not expecting <laughs> right. everybody to get all six. There's no like regular candy corn in here. It is. It is six different flavors. Got it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I want you guys to check these off and then you can read them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, I'll read them. Okay. Here are the six flavors. Number one, roasted turkey. Okay. Turkey. Yeah. Um, Two, cranberry sauce. Got it. Yep, yep. Three, stuffing. Got it. Yep, yep. Four, green beans. Oh, got it. I thought about it. Got it. Five, apple pie. Oh. I put the other pie. I did too. Okay. And six, coffee. What? What? <laughs> no pumpkin. Uh, no mashed potatoes. No, weirdly, no mashed potatoes. Okay. Okay. So, Colin, you got four. You got tur- okay. Colin got turkey, green beans, stuffing, cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, pumpkin pie. Aaron, cranberry, turkey, stuffing, green beans, mashed potatoes, pumpkin pie. <laughs> so the exact same ones. Dana had cranberry, uh, pumpkin. Oh, just pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. Turkey, stuffing, sweet potato, marshmallow. Oh, that's oh, good. Oh, yeah, that okay. would have been a good one. Yeah, yeah. Question number nine, back on, back on weird flavored small candies. Which of these is an actual flavor uh, found in Jelly Belly's uh, Birdie Bots Every Flavor Bean? Vomit, vomit, spiders, or poop? Which is real. Which which of those three is real? Which is an actual flavor of Jelly Belly's Birdie Bots Every Flavor Beans? Only one of them is real. Vomit, spiders, or poop? All right. That should be the name of this show. <laughs> um, everybody says vomit. Everybody is correct. Yes. Yeah. You did not get fooled by either spiders. There is an earthworm flavor, but there was no spider flavor. Huh. Um, oh. And poop is right out. Yeah. Vomit tastes like vomit. Did you see that Nathan for you episode where he tried to make um, soft serve that tastes like poop? Like he, was to, <laughs> he was trying to uh, help a soft serve company get customers. So he researched how to make one of them taste like <laughs> okay. All right. Question number ten. I'm not sure where to go after that. Sorry. Question number ten. <laughs> this is this is for uh, this is for two points. This is a two point question. If you can get this, the selling point of the Canadian chewing gum known as Thrills, as stated on its box, is that it tastes like soap. <laughs> what is the actual flavor? Of Thrills brand chewing gum. Oh. I can think of so many things that taste like soap. Right. The world is full of things that taste like soap. But it literally says in the box that it tastes like soap. Like Hmm, they're leaning into it. (laughs) Well now exactly. (laughs) Three, two, one. Okay. 
Karen and Colin have written Violet, and Dana has written. Sorry, what did you write? I put Rose Water. Rose Water. Rose Water. Mm. Um, well, you'll be interested to know the answer is Rose Water. Thrills is rose water flavored. Rose water, it, apparently, if you look back at desserts and things like that in the 50s and things that before, basically, like before vanilla became like widely available, uh, mm-hmm. rose water was very often used in desserts, like where we use vanilla now. Like, you know, oh, yeah. put a put a put a tablespoon of rose oh, water. Oh, interesting. Into this, into yeah, this yeah. yeah, it's very yeah, Persian. Yeah. yeah, well, and you should buy some Thrills gum. Apparently, so when people are sending <laughs> us uh, the King Dongs, they can send they can. <laughs> Come on, Canada. Um, all right. Well, um, gee, Danny, you got the two points there. Wow, but that gives you a total of nine points. Uh, Colin and Karen actually tied um, with 10 points each. Wow. Um, thank you, Dana, for the inspiration. Thank you for everything you've brought, you know, to Good Job Brain. Hard to imagine it without you. It's time for a quick break, and we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Good Job Brain. Smooth puzzles, smart trivia, Good Job Brain. All right. So for my final quiz, we're going to go wiki diving together through Wikipedia. So the game is, I'm reading the Wikipedia page until I find a link that I can't resist anymore and I'll click. But (laughs) there's no going back. Any link that happened earlier in the paragraphs is now dead to me. It's off limits. Like it didn't catch my interest. And if I make it to the bottom of the page without finding a link, the game ends. So this is like... This is what I do every night. I realized that I was doing it and then I was like so tempted to look at other pages or like yeah, yeah, like yeah. go back and I was like, no, 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 no. I like it. It's like a one-way choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing. You don't allow yourself to go back to the previous jump. Yeah. So I found <laughs> questions during the process of this and some like trivia tidbits. So let's, let's in. I'll, t- I'll make it clear when a question's emerging, but I'll, I'll like take you on the journey. through. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. 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 All right. So here we go. I decided to start with snarge, which is one of my oh! favorite words that I learned while we were working on Good Job Brain. Uh, does anyone remember what snarge is? Karen. It is the leftover matter of when a bird hits a plane. Yes. And it's, is it alive? Is it dead? It's snarge. The bird shake that, that you now have. <laughs> So when I typed that into Wikipedia, it auto redirected me to Bird Strike, and I was like, "Oh, off to a part where like a link happened that I didn't even pick on purpose." Oh. So I don't think I looked at the Wikipedia, or I didn't find this when we talked about Snarge before, because there was a really good acronym for what a Bird Strike is: B A S H. Do you know what Bash? Well, it's gotta gotta be Bird. Yeah. A- 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 aerial or airplane aircraft strike yes yes bird, bird aircraft strike and the last strike. word ha- happening happening oh you got <laughs> so close hazard ah, oh, yeah. bird aircraft strike hazard yes yep. yes i saw this on the page and it was in terms of wildlife vultures and canada geese are ranked as wildlife hazards number two and three for planes so what's number one? Yeah. What kind of animal is the number one wildlife hazard for planes where it's the most dangerous animal for a plane to hit that huh. happens wow. regularly? Like you can't be like an elephant. It's probably not an elephant. Oh, I, I'm going to say a seagull just because a lot of airports near the coast. No, I don't know. it's not actually mm. a bird. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> is it hornet? No. Wow. Because of nest. <laughs> it has four legs. Four legs aircraft, four legged animal. Oh, like it's sorry, it's but it's not so it's not a it's not a flying animal. It's a uh, interesting Colin. 
a moose. You're close. It's a deer. It's a deer. Uh, okay, deer. yeah, okay. okay. Wow. There are deer everywhere. They get onto sure. the things and they cause the most damage, even though like 90 something percent of the <laughs> hazards are birds. The deer are the most dangerous animals. Wow. Pound for pound. Yeah. With finding that information out, like the little bit of information, I had to look at a footnote and I was like, ooh, I feel like I'm starting to cheat. So I was like, I better hurry and find a link to get off this page. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got to find a link. And then I kept reading the page and then I saw a link to US Airways Flight 1549. And that sounded oh, familiar. No. Because U.S. Airways Flight 1549 is also known as the Miracle on the Hudson. Oh. That happened because of a bash, a bird aircraft, ah. aircraft strike hazard. So on January 15th, 2009, a flight from New York City to North Carolina struck a flock of birds shortly after their takeoff. And then they lost all engine power. They had to wow. do an emergency landing on the Hudson River. And there was a major motion picture made about this incident called Yeah. Everybody. Sully. Sully. Yes. Starring Tom, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. And I clicked on Tom Hanks because I was like, oh. let's go to the, <laughs> to the Link Palace. Okay. Let's right. go. <laughs> uh, and so I clicked over and it was overwhelming because it was very full of interesting links. I was like, oh. Am I going to click on Splash or League of Their Own or Toy Story? <laughs> and and then I'm reading the links and I'm like, you know what? These are no longer clickable because I've read them now. Like I'm scanning through and oh, which is okay. I was like, well, that's fine. So I kept reading past the first paragraph of his life. <laughs> and uh, I see he went to my high school, Skyline High School in Oakland, California. Yeah, local. I don't click it because I already know that. Uh, and I keep reading. <laughs> And I got to this part and he goes, Hanks then suffered a run of box office underperformers, The Burbs, 1989, Joe vs. The Volcano, 1990, and The Bonfire, The Vanities, also 1990. 1989's Turner and Hooch was Hanks' only financially successful film of the period. And then I was like, isn't Turner and Hooch about him and an animal? Or is Hooch a person? <laughs> and I was like, I'm not sure. I'm going to... Okay, I'm going to peek, and I clicked it. And so now I'm on Turner and Hooch. You've been hooched. I've been hooched. <laughs> Who is Hooch in the financially successful Tom Hanks movie, Turner and Hooch? Uh, Karen's Karen. going to know exactly what breed of dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Hooch is a dog. Yes. Turner, Turner is Tom Hanks. <laughs> uh, I get it confused with Tango and Cash. Yes. Which also came <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. Vastly different movie. Uh, Turner and Hooch is a 1989 American buddy cop comedy starring Tom Hanks and Beasley the dog. And I would have definitely clicked on Beasley if Beasley had a Wikipedia page. <laughs> but he did not have a Wikipedia page. And then I saw this thing. It was Touchstone Pictures acquired this, uh, the screenplay for Turner and Hooch for a million dollars, which was the highest amount ever paid by Touchstone no. for any script at that time. <laughs> I was like, they bought that script for a million dollars. And I read the plot, and I'm going to spoil the movie now. Okay. Did you know that in the end of this movie, Hooch dies? He gets oh, shot. Oh, and no. He dies at the end of this movie. I <laughs> saw this movie, and this is still news to me. <laughs> he had puppies, and one of the puppies looked like him, but I'm like, that's not Hooch, though. Uh, so I kept reading and I uh, found a really interesting bit of trivia about Turner and Hooch. And that was, there was a Happy Days alum who was going to direct Turner and Hooch, but he got hmm. fired for not getting along with Tom Hanks. Oh. What Happy huh. Days alum Yeah, there's a few you go with here. I can only think of one. I know. There could, um, okay, Chris. I'm, I'm going to guess Ron Howard. Yeah. It is not Ron Howard. <gasps> okay. That was a good was guess. I say... I was going to say Henry Winkler. It's Henry Winkler. Ron Howard okay. did stir the pot. He did gossip a little bit about it, but it wasn't him. <laughs> uh, wow. But wow. it was Henry Winkler who said, let's just say I got along better with Hooch than I did with Turner. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I was going to go to Henry Winkler, but then that felt like a back backwards click. So I kept going <laughs> on the Turner and Hooch page. I was like, uh-oh, is this game going to end soon? I found NBC did a television pilot based on the film in 1990. It aired in the summer along with another dog pilot, Puchinski, under the banner, <laughs> Two Dog Night. And I was like, Puchinski, we're doing... <laughs> <laughs> 
I can see I can see a little black and white TV guide. You know what I mean? The ad for it right now. It was the same person who came up with, yeah, you know, like musty TV. They're like they're riding high. They're like, no, no, two dog night. Two dog night. <laughs> All right. Oh, no. Kuczynski, oh, a 1990 unsold television pilot. The story follows Chicago police detective Stanley Puchinski, played by Peter Boyle, whose spirit <laughs> transferred. Oh, Puchinski's a guy. <laughs> yeah. Whose spirit is transferred into a flatulent English bulldog. The canine <laughs> detective then returns to solving crimes. And in that paragraph, I have links to Peter Boyle, flatulent, and English bulldogs as links. <laughs> but. I didn't feel them, so I kept going. Then I saw on July 10th, 2018, the last podcast on the left aired the pilot in its entirety on their live stream on the Adult Swim website. So I clicked uh-huh. on last podcast on the left because I've heard of it, but I hadn't heard it. So, And they also covered Puchinski. So I was like, this sounds like my kind okay. of thing. And so it turns out last podcast on the left is a very successful podcast about horror and other creepy stuff. It looks cool. I see that they want a people's voice Webby in 2017 and I click on Webby's because I'm old and I remember the birth of the internet. And I remember (laughs) I was definitely alive and aware of the internet when the Webby awards first happened, but I don't know what year that happened. According to Wikipedia, which is the source that counts here, I want to specify what year was the first Webby Awards? Wow. Chris, I feel like Chris would know. I heard a horse. I'm going to guess 2006. No. Because Wired. I got, well, I got nominated for a Webby. Yeah. Uh, mm. I'm going to say like 1993. Oh, mm. so close. Karen. Yeah. Do you, uh, uh, you have a guess? 1994. I'm trying to price it. It's 1996. 1996, oh. so 26 years ago. Wow. They're known as the Oscars of the internet. So for, so Chris was practically up for an Oscar of the internet. <laughs> Virtually. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yes. And so it's excellence for the internet. I felt like this trivia question would come up in a pub quiz round. All Webby Award speeches are exactly the same length. How long yes. are they? Huh. Uh, I believe it's five seconds. No. Oh, really? Well, it's It's very short. Yeah. Oh, oh, is it? No, I'm sorry. It's five words. It's five words long. Oh, five words. Every Webby yeah. Awards speech is five words long. I remember this because they honored uh, Stephen Colbert the night that I was there, and his uh, he was he was still in the very in the middle of the you know the Colbert rapport sort of persona, and uh. so his his acceptance speech was me 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm glad you said that, Chris, because at this point I've. I did some off-roading and I felt, I feel a little bad, but there was a footnote leading to the best five word Webby acceptance speeches. And I clicked it cause I wanted to see what the five best were. It was ad blocked. And then I did a shameful thing and I Googled it. And then like I yeah. way outside of Wikipedia now and I'm like, Oh, I feel really, I feel so bad, but I really want to know what the yeah, five yeah, best yeah. were. So uh, last year, 2021, they did a bracket with them, and the the four finalists were Afraid, Okay, Do It Afraid, and that was Jesse Williams. A lot of them have that vibe. It's like, stay lit in dark times. Miley Cyrus said that. Stay turnt, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. And the last one, I only get five words, David Bowie. And I was like, that's cute. And then I was like, okay, well, who won? This happened last year. Their website only had the page for the semifinalists, not the finalists. I'm like fully down a different hole now. I watched a video <laughs> of the CEO of the Webby's talking about it. And that I found out some troubling information against Wikipedia. And the CEO of the Webby's said repeatedly that they started the awards in 1997, not 1996, as Wikipedia said. And I was like, who can you trust? And I was like, okay, back to Wikipedia. I'm done with this real world nonsense. I couldn't find the actual winner. I, that was a long story. I just wanted to tell you guys about the bad thing I did because I felt very guilty <laughs> leaving Wikipedia to Coming do outside re- research. Back to Wiki. I kept looking at the Webbies and then I found a great trivia question on there. And that was 2013, Steve Woolhite broke the internet and started a huge controversy. Um, oh. And it was an um actually that we still think about today. Colin, oh, is, is, I'm just going out on yeah. a Is this a, a, a GIF, GIF? Uh, moment. Yes. Right. 
creator of the graphics interchange format, Steve Wilhite, accepted his Webby and delivered his now famous five word speech. It's pronounced GIF, not GIF. Yeah, it's too bad that he's wrong. Yeah, I know. It's a shame. <laughs> I know. It's really, it's really unfortunate. So I clicked on him. I was like, well, let's see more. Let's find out more <laughs> about this guy. What's his deal? And so he was the engineering lead on the team at CompuServe and they created the GIF slash GIF image file format in 1987. And so ever the provocateur, he said this about Good Job Brain's beloved reference, the OED, the Oxford English Dictionary. Oh, Colin, you're going to... This is going to chop your hide. He said, the Oxford English Dictionary accepts both pronunciations. They are wrong. It is a soft G pronounced GIF in the story. And I was like, and then I kept reading a bit more. And I saw that he passed earlier this year from complications of COVID-19, which is very sad. And I was less mad at him personally. And I realized it's not that big of a deal. The last two links on his page were COVID-19 or Columbus, Ohio. And I chose neither. So that was the end of the wiki dive. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. Wow. Bravo. All right. Thank you, Dana. Colin, you got something for us? I do. I do. I, I, I cannot promise that there are any flatulent English bulldogs appearing on my <laughs> quiz. The bar has been raised, but, but I hope you guys will like this one. I've got a quiz called The D's Have It, a.k.a. Da, de, du, di. Now, <laughs> you know I have fun giving these quizzes names. Yeah. This is a quiz. This is a quiz about famous people, famous names. I will be asking questions in, in, in the manner of if I were that person. All of these people's names have either a D-E, D-I, D-A, or D-U in them, possibly as a separate word possibly right before a capital letter. You know, the way many people of Italian descent, uh, for example. Got it. Um, This quiz will not include Matt Damon, even though his name begins D-A. Let me give you a sample question here, all right, Mm -hmm. Uh, to get you used to the format. This will be buzz in. You don't need to buzz in for the sample. You can if you want to. I created the most famous artwork in the Louvre. Leonardo Da Vinci. Yes. Leonardo. Oh, I thought it was right. I was like, why yeah, did you I out halfway through there. Three words, Leonardo Da Vinci. Keep in mind the format. Every answer, this person's name will have a D-A, D-E, D-I, or D-U. I have a question. Does Yeah. Th- that means like of something. It right? does. Al- almost always. Almost always it means of, yeah, a place a or a or region a or a Got lineage it. or, yeah, okay. al- almost Ooh, always. I like yeah, this. That's, okay. That's right. That's right. All right. Here we go. Okay, okay. I right, tried to okay. arrange these in uh, increasing difficulty, so we'll warm up your brains as we go. Get your buzzers ready. One of the most respected actors of my generation, I've portrayed Al Capone and Vito Corleone. I heard a dog first. Uh, Karen. Robert De Niro. That is correct. Robert De Niro. Three words. Big D. You know, putting this quiz together, I realized one thing, which is if you asked me to correctly uh, punctuate and capitalize all these, I would really be at a loss because some of them are some of them are big D. Some of them are small D. Some of them are run together. Some of them are standalone. Yep, exactly. Exactly. All right. That's right. Robert De Niro. Bobby D. Number two. Before starring in some of the biggest films of the 90s and 2000s, I was a child actor. One of my first big breaks was a recurring role on the sitcom Growing Pains. I think uh, Chris was first there on the buzzer, but you all clicked. Chris, what do you got? Leonardo DiCaprio. That is Mm -hmm. right. Small D-I, right into the big C. No break. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if this is true or not, but I I read uh, in a couple places online that he was, in fact, named after Leonardo da Vinci. Apparently, his mother, his pregnant mother, felt him kick for the first time while they were looking at a uh, Leonardo painting uh, when they were visiting Italy. So take that for what it's worth. (laughs) Number three. As a young stand-up comic, I snagged a coveted appearance on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson before later hosting one of the most successful talk shows of all time. What? 
Chris with the guess. Yeah, oh, with the I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres. Oh. Correct. Chris has it. Ellen Daytime DeGeneres. talk show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little tricky there. Am I might have been David Letterman. <laughs> David like, the Letterman. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Number four. My first major film appearance was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest from 1975. Oh. Oh, uh, Chris. All right. No need. No no more hints. What do you need, Chris? What do you got? Danny DeVito. Yes, oh. that is right. Danny DeVito. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He was actually uh, appeared in the, uh, the the play version, the theatrical version of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest uh, before oh. he appeared in the movie as well. Hmm. Yeah. Anyone want to guess how tall Danny DeVito is? Oh, oh geez. Uh, 4'11". Something like that. Five two. The uh, uh, Wikipedia says four foot ten. Yeah, he, he wow. is, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, just saw yeah. that somewhere. I actually just read it. That's how I did the answer. Number five. I was born Amanda Lee Rogers, but I'm known professionally <laughs> by this name. Dana's on it. What do we got? Uh, Portia de Rossi. That's right, Portia oh. de Rossi. Yeah. She is she is not Italian. Oh my God, it is a stage name. Yeah. Ellen DeGeneres, Portia de Rossi. They're together. Yeah. Yep. If no, if no yeah. one bit, if no one bit, I was gonna say one of the clues was I'm married to someone from earlier in this quiz. All right, <laughs> moving right along. I'm the director of New York's Hayden Planetarium. Uh, Dana. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes, that is Neil, little D-E, DeGrasse, D-E, big G, D- Neil DeGrasse Tyson. Neil that of DeGrasse. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, astrophysicist, teacher, educator, TV host, writer, many, many irons in the fire there for Neil DeGrasse Tyson. All right, next one, next one. Here we go. In my playing days, my nickname was the Yankee Clipper. Oh. Joe DiMaggio. That's right. Joe DiMaggio. Famously name-checked in a Simon and Garfunkel song Mm -hmm. and was also married to Marilyn Monroe among the clues I did not need to use there. But yeah, Mm -hmm. there you go. I had to look up why he was called the Yankee Clipper. I didn't quite get the reference. Uh, According to the National Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, it was because he patrolled center field in Yankee Stadium so gracefully that he earned the nickname the Yankee Clipper, a reference to the great sailing ship. Very, very poetic. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was just going up and down the dugout giving everybody impromptu haircuts. (laughs) Watch out. Here he comes. He got the left side last time. All right. Number eight. I started my acting career in my native Cuba. And in recent years, I've landed roles in big budget films portraying a Bond girl, Ryan Gosling's hologram girlfriend, and the very real Marilyn Monroe. Karen, what do we have? Anna de Armaz. I'm not sure if that's yes. how you pronounce it. Knives Out. Yeah, and of course, great role in Knives Out. Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe that the uh, the Maryland movie comes out next month on Netflix, Soon, I think. Yeah. Number nine. As an actor, comedian, writer, voiceover artist, and even chef, I was seemingly everywhere in the 1970s and 80s, but to a generation of movie fans, I may be best known as Burt Reynolds' funny buddy. Chef? Chris yeah, Kohler. It, yeah. Because it's... Dom DeLuise. Yes, that is yes, right. Yes. Dom DeLuise. He yeah. was, yeah. Spices or something too, right? He was a, a cook. He wrote several cookbooks. Uh, yeah, several movies, of course, uh, alongside Burt Reynolds. His his real life friend. They really were buddies. And Burt Reynolds would kind of, you know, pull him along, I think, in a lot of his movies. Uh, they also, of course, voiced characters together in All Dogs Go to Heaven, where <laughs> Burt Reynolds was Charlie B. Barkin in All Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> Deloise was uh, Itchy Itchiford in in that film. Number 10. I have directed numerous Hollywood hits, including Carrie, Scarface, and The Untouchables. Ooh, really close there. I'm going to go with the cow. Dana, what do you got? Is it De Palma? Yeah, it is. Brian De Palma. That's right. Number 11. In the late 1980s and early 90s, I wrestled under the stage name The Million Dollar Man. I had faith Chris would get this one, Chris. (laughs) Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase, The Million Dollar Man. Uh, Apparently, apparently his sons, Mike, Brett, 
Ted Jr. also went on to wrestle, <laughs> yeah. wrestle professional yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in their careers. All right. Number 12, my breakthrough role was as Lana the Call Girl in the 1980s smash Risky Business. Many people don't know that my father was radio and TV host Wally George. Uh, A number of uh, sultry and or dangerous blonde femme fatale type roles. Was she in The Hand That Rocks the Cradle? She was in The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. It's in the punch bowl. You want me to give you a letter? Let me give you an R. R. I knew it's an R, but I... (laughs) R-D. Time running out. I am looking for (laughs) Rebecca DeMornay. DeMornay. Rebecca DeMornay. Oh, man. All right. We're we're down to the last few here, guys. So, you you know, we're getting to some... uh, Reaching to the banks here. I was one of the founders of the NAACP in 1909 and was a prolific writer. My collection of essays, The Souls of Black Folk, considered a landmark. Who, what do we got? What do we got? I think I, uh, Karen, yeah, what do you yeah. got? Bark, Wait, bark, okay. bark. You can, you can do it when yeah. I buzzed in. W-E-B Du Bois? Yeah, yeah, Du Bois. That's right. Yeah, spelled, spelled. you might think it's Du Bois. Yeah, yeah. Many, many people say that. I said it the first time, of course. Yeah. W-E-B Du Bois. That's right. William Edward Burkhart Du Bois. Oh, Burkhart. And he very pointedly pronounced it Du Bois as a way of sort of claiming his Americanness and his uh, American blackness and not alluding to maybe the uh, European aristocratic feel that it might give. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I was one of the most successful directors and producers in early Hollywood, but perhaps my lasting legacy is the visual stereotype of the director with writing crop, megaphone and oh. jodhpurs. Oh, Karen. What's his first name? Cecil. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, well, last name is Demille. Yeah, yeah. Cecil B. Demille, director of many hits, including The Ten Commandments, Cleopatra, and oh. he, he really, really did wear that outfit, uh, <laughs> and it just, it just stuck. <laughs> yeah, jockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, looking like a little jockey, aka puffy director pants. If you're not sure what jodhpurs are. <laughs> last one. Here we go. I won the Academy Award twice for Best Actress in the Leading Role, 1946 and 1949. Oh. I'm sure that's enough for you guys to go on. <laughs> My family's name is also famous in the aircraft industry. Mm. Karen, bark, bark, bark. DuPont? Not a bad guess, but no. Ooh, darn. No. Okay, okay, okay. When she died in 2020, uh, at the age of 104, she was uh, the oldest living Oscar winner. Dana? Is it Olivia de Havilland or something? Yes, good one. Out of the punch bowl. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Olivia de Havilland. That's right. And her cousin, uh, Sir Jeffrey de Havilland, founded the de Havilland Aircraft Company. Uh, Not a name you hear as much anymore, but huge name for a while. Good job, guys. Yeah. The D's have it. Dana oh. definitely had it there on Olivia de Havilland. So well done all around. Thank you. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Brenna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. But that is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? 
But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. All right, I have our last quiz segment for our all quiz today. Uh, we actually we actually have a Patreon, and some of our Patreon tier supporters they get a a monthly quiz pack, so they can run pub trivia at home, in the office on Zoom, you know, with their succulents. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> your choice, and they get one every month. And in this past month's quiz pack, boy, I did something I was so proud of. I made a whole round of trivia where the questions are written to be alliterative. The questions are alliterative. I upped the difficulty for you guys. And so here we have a round of general trivia questions, almost completely alliterative. (laughs) The answers don't have to be alliterative. Some some are, though. (laughs) Okay. But they don't have to be. (laughs) Okay, okay. But the questions are alliterative. All right, all right. So pay attention. Listen, I'm going to try to enunciate the best of my abilities. And here we go. Please buzz in. In Britain, the behemoth Big Ben is the name of what? Colin. Uh, properly, I believe it is the name of the bell. Correct. Yes. Not the clock. Not the clock, nor the tower. Not the building <laughs> tower. It is actually the bell. Next question. In Madonna's Material Girl music video... Madonna mimics Marilyn Monroe in a memorable moment from what movie? Chris. Some like it hot. Incorrect. Uh, I, I believe it's Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Correct. Okay. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. <laughs> the, the, song, the song in the movie is Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. And then in Madonna's material girl video, she kind of uh, reenacts that whole scene. <laughs> okay. All right. Next question. Presently... What is the most piquant pepper on the planet known to people? Oh. Chris. I'm probably, it's probably not like the ghost pepper, right? Is it something else? Incorrect. Yeah. Not the ghost pepper. Uh, okay. no, is there something with some, like a yeah. scorpion in the name or something? Or You're thinking of the Trinidad scorpion? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Not number one. Okay. Does it have a name that has like a character in it? Like a... Death related, yes, death related. Oh, Oh, is it the 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 Reaper something Reaper? The Carolina Carolina Reaper. Ah, number one for a couple of years now. Nothing has beaten it at a certain level. We just how much hotter do you need to be? Humans are so weird. Quick shout out to a good job brain listener and friend of the show, Jared Petty, uh, with whom I, I recently went to Las Vegas for a bachelor party. <laughs> I'd like to see have, that uh, show. In, in, in the Cosmopolitan, they have a Hattie B's hot chicken from Nashville. And so we ordered the chicken and they get to Jared and they're like, what uh, what spice level do you want? Their hottest spice level at Hattie B's hot chicken is called Shut the Cluck Up, which he <laughs> orders. And eats one of these tenders and immediately, you know, Jer- I mean, Jared's head is is large and, and bald, is immediately <laughs> completely covered in sweat. He's, he was okay. He was just like, this just tastes like pepper. It doesn't even taste like chicken Anything. anymore. He's just like, it's just, yeah, this is just yeah. gimmicky. Did he eat the whole order or just one? He did. He did not. He moved on <laughs> okay. to some other piece, different pieces of chicken that were not shut some the bread. Up like that. <laughs> okay. yeah. But he was like, if I had touched that chicken, I would have gone to the hospital. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. the fact that the fact that he could eat it, but yeah. Anyway, good. I will never forget that. Uh, <laughs> All right. Next question: What coral? Not sea creature coral, like C H O R A L, like choir okay. coral. Okay. What coral crew? crooned about a chromatic kaleidoscopic creature with kismet i'll say it again oh 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 no i got it i oh, got it oh oh call that is uh that is culture club yes oh, oh. About the karma chameleon yes. wow yeah. <laughs> what coral crew crooned about a chromatic kaleidoscopic creature chameleon yes. with kismet that's good karma uh, uh boy G- and boy george not the answer is it is boy george's band culture club 
What presentation program's previous purpose was to print on pellucid pieces for projectors used for pitches and professor prattles? Dana. PowerPoint? It is PowerPoint. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I was following the thread there. That's good. Wow. That's good. Early PowerPoint, we're talking about late 80s. The original project description was presentation graphics for overhead projection. Mm. Now, children, or children, <laughs> children and some adults currently, before a time in classrooms, before everybody had a laptop, or before even the classroom had a computer of any sort, I don't even know how to describe this. Like, you know, if, if, a, if your science teacher is trying to like kind of diagram, let's say the water cycle, what do you do? Well, we had these overhead projectors, which is a big light table and a lens. And the professor would, or the teacher would have a transparent sheet. And then you either print like Xerox copy on it, or you draw on it with marker. And it, you like put a dry it on the, erase marker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you like, put it on this light table and then it gets reflected through this giant lens and onto the wall. That's how we learned things. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, just get the HDMI cable. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But originally, PowerPoint was was for people to design the transparencies. Really? That's yeah. really, I did not know that. That's really interesting. Shows you how far back Microsoft goes. <laughs> Do you remember when white erase boards or dry erase boards were new? Like I remember yeah. when it was just chalkboards and then all of a sudden yeah. like the new technology, yeah. the cool thing yeah. was a dry the erase transi- board. The transition period. Where the yeah. teacher uses a marker, like a cool person writing on the board with a marker. <laughs> so it was smooth. like such a big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Next question. The brand Bugle Boy popularized what breed of britches for breakdancing? Dana. Blue jeans? Incorrect. Oh. Uh, Colin. Parachute pants? Parachute pants! Oh, really? Parachute pants. If you're like me, I always thought it was what parachuters wore when they parachute off a plane. No, they're just called parachute pants because the material is made out of nylon, mm. which is the same as a parachute. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> But uh, they wait, look very flighty. Bugle boy, that's so funny. Bugle boy, they huh. they they didn't necessarily invent the first pair of parachute pants, but they popularized it. Huh. And of course, like b boys and breakdancing, they they want that kind of like low friction, you know, <laughs> yeah, as they're right. dancing when you're doing on spins on cardboard yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah. Parachute yeah. pants. Huh. Uh, next question. Marty McFly's mother mentioned him by what other moniker in a memorable Michael J. Fox movie about moving through moments in a motor car? Chris. <laughs> Calvin Klein. Correct. Because oh, okay. it says on his underwear. Yeah. She thought his name was Calvin Klein, which is also alliterative. All right. Last two questions. What Prominent painter has the most paintings pilfered and purloined. Ooh. Oh, most paintings pilfered and purloined. Huh. Dana. Picasso? Pablo Picasso. Super prolific. Makes sense. Makes sense. According to the Art Loss Register, over a thousand works of Picasso have been listed as lost, stolen, or disputed. Huh. Uh, And even to this day, it's kind of changing hands under the table. We don't know. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are like, I have a Picasso. You know, I got a bunch of stolen Picassos that I need to walk. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Chris, Chris. Under the, uh, on the DL, please. Yeah. All right. Last question here. Good job, Brain's buddy, baseballer Bobby Bonilla, began yeah. batting for what MLB team? <laughs> hmm. I mean, Chris. the Baltimore Boreals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the safe answer is the Mets, but I feel like it's not going to be the Mets. Baseballer Bobby Bonilla batted for... Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, when in doubt, when in doubt, go for the uh, alliterative Pittsburgh Pirates. All right. Yeah. Good job, everybody. Thank you. That was my Yay. 
alliterative question quiz. That was good. That was good. Writing alliterative sentences is hard enough, let alone yeah. making an interrogative out of it. Good job. Gave a lot of traffic to uh, thesaurus.com. Good job. Good. Job. <laughs> good. Yeah, Kept them in business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw a lot of <laughs> Verizon ads. Um, <laughs> and... That's our show. Thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned stuff about D names, about kind of sweet candy, Wikipedia dives, and alliteration. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on all podcast apps. And on our website, goodjobbrain.com. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other shows like Everything Everywhere Daily. The All Creatures Podcast, hosted by two PhD scientists who've worked with many animals. And Who Arted? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Making art history accessible. Uh, yeah, Who Arted? Great name. I'm just dragging this out so we have uh, more time with Dana <laughs> as, as we're recording this conclusion. <laughs> Dana, what a ride. What a ride. I have, I have a parting gift. I hereby award you... 1,000 official points, <laughs> 10, <laughs> 10 asterisks, a smiley face emoji, and a purple heart emoji. Oh, thank you. And listeners and fans, please reply, uh, comment, and let us and Dana know your favorite past Dana moments and wish yeah. her the best and don't guilt trip her. So please, Dana, if you can give us... You're one last cow buzzer moo for the road. Okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Thank you. What a ride. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.